and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings, with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Copybook Headings podcast. This is the show that's inspired by the poem by the great Rudyard Kipling uh, called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. So every week we take uh, an old maxim proverb or saying and break it down to find what wisdom we can glean from it. So uh, thanks for joining us today. And um, I'm your host, Patrick, and join me as always is my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. We uh, had a had an interesting week, um, and uh, I'm excited to get back at it. Uh, I know you you've been doing some traveling, huh? Yeah, just been uh, been all over the past few weeks. It feels like drove out to California a few weeks ago to visit some family, and then uh, and then the last week I was in I was in Rome for a, a wedding of a good friend, and so yeah, just. That's awesome. Why don't I get weddings in Rome? I need to have more friends yeah. that that are cool like that. Yeah, you need uh, this this buddy. You know, it's his it's his first first marriage. He's uh, he's he's getting up there. He's older than I am, and mm-hmm. so uh, so I think he just decided to go for it. You know, hey, why not go big? <laughs> go big or go home. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. That was a good. Uh, it was a good good uh, ceremony. Good atmosphere and. Uh, it was a great, great day. So it was nice to be there and be part of that and then have a couple of days to see some of my favorite spots in Rome. Been there before and try some new gelato flavors. And yeah, it was good. Nice. Well, hopefully you picked up some some Latin phrases that we can turn into episodes in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Checked out well, some some uh, tombs along the Appian Way, you know, so I got some good stuff. There you stuff. go. Nice. Well, cool. Um, so uh, we've got a good one this week. Uh, this is one of the ones that you selected, I believe. You wanna wanna throw it at us? What are we What are we talking about today? Sure thing. We've got for uh, better is half a loaf than no bread. Hmm. So this comes from, um, I think I think you, it's pretty unanimous that this is sourced from a a book of, of Proverbs by John Haywood in 1546. Um, the name of it being a dialogue containing the number in effect of all the Proverbs in the English tongue. So we, we should, we should find a copy of this and see. I was thinking the same what thing. else is in there. So the, the full, the full rhyming will couplet here is throw no gift again at the giver's head for better is half a loaf than no bread. Hmm. Um, a few, uh, I, I found a few variations that were kind of fun. Um, interesting imagery. Better a mouse in the pot than no flush at all. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you think you have it bad, here's if you think you have, if you're, if you're upset with half your loaf, imagine uh, wishing you had a mouse in the pot. Right, um, yeah, half a loaf sounds better than a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> half an egg is better than an empty shell. Okay. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, better are small fish than an empty dish. Okay. So all all the same sentiment here. Um but yeah, I you know this one this one struck me just looking at our lists of proverbs as something 
something a little optimistic, right? Something to remind you to be grateful. And so that's, that's why I picked this one. Nice. Yeah. I liked, uh, I, I heard that, uh, the original one is, is well, where he had the first part where he had talked about, you know, throwing it back at the giver's head or however that was worded. Um, so I thought that was interesting because not only was it, uh, you know, taking from the idea of be grateful for what you have, but also don't lift, look a gift horse in the mouth type of thing. So it seemed like yeah. kind of, kind of both sides to it. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, it's, it, this one's definitely straightforward. Um, and it, uh, I guess to, to just jump into the weeds right away, I guess a little bit, something that, that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this one today, um, is, you know, kind of your frame of reference when you're thinking about, um, how good you have it thinking about when, when, when I was younger and much poorer and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the starving college student thing, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely seemed like you don't know what you're missing, I guess, as part of it. I think once you've, uh, once you've had something and then you lose it, or once you've have a certain lifestyle and you have to maybe tighten up a little bit, tighten the belt, um, that you definitely feel that more, um, yeah. especially like thinking, um, having kids is, is one, like I, I had my kids when I was a little bit older than, than most of my peers. Um, and so my wife and I both worked, we had a lot of expendable income and we didn't really live lavishly. And so we had just kind of a lot of extra, well, okay, we want to take this trip. We want to get this furniture, whatever, you know, didn't really have to think about it. We could just do it. And then, you know, the, the belt tightening that comes with having kids mm-hmm. and, um, you know, either cutting back on work or adding childcare, things like that. Just you, you, you can lose, lose sight of, of the good things that you have sometimes, especially financially. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's the worst when you have to tighten back when you're used to a certain standard of living, then you have yeah. to go down. That's always difficult. But I think, you know, a lot of us have had a situation where like that, where that happens temporarily or, or where there's been some change in life and, and kids is a good example where you hit, sometimes you gotta, you gotta tighten up a little bit. So so yeah, I, I mean, I was struck a little bit when I when I read it first. Of course, the first thing that came to mind was gratitude, right? And which and this gratitude is so important because uh, in we live kind of in a society of abundance, right? Where we always mm-hmm. have so much, and if you are inconvenienced either temporarily or you seem like you don't have as much as somebody else, that can cause some displeasure or some I don't know what the what the word would be for it, but it can cause some some angry feelings. Um, when I was looking up this phrase, I found something interesting that I wanted to share. Um, it said that the, you know, same thing that it came from John Haywood's, uh, book. Uh, but it also said, um, that there was, they did a, a study, there was a, a psychology experiment done, um, with some, some kids from the UK and the U S and they yeah. were offered uh, did you see this when you were Googling? I don't know if you this, look, this is sounding familiar. Yeah. Okay. What, what so, are... yeah. So they, they were offered one child, uh, four, four pieces of candy and, it, and then they offered another kid one. So they would say, okay, here's the deal. We'll give this kid four pieces of candy and we'll give you one or your other choices. Both of you get nothing. Yeah. 
And they were surprised to see that a bunch of kids chose option B, both of them get nothing. Hmm. And they were kind of shocked at that. They're like, why would they do that? They get, get a piece of candy, but they just were struck by the, I don't know, seeming unfairness of it. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of odd. What, what, what do you make of that? Um, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's clearly human nature, right? <laughs> it's it. Uh, cause it, that certainly doesn't go away when you, when you grow up like that, um, that envy can eat at you. So, I mean, I, I, but, but both ways, right. So like if it's, you know, if, if it's, you have the option to take one and someone else gets four, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the envy aspect and, and you might just be bitter about it and not want anyone to have anything. Um, but there's also the aspect of what if you're given four and you're going to give someone else one or you both get nothing and you there's like that egalitarian impulse too where you don't want to um you you don't you don't want to lord it over other people or you don't want to have that temptation to do so and so you'd rather just no one have it so that yeah um so that's not an option right I, I dated this girl in college for a little while and she was like vehemently against rich people to the point where she was like, I will never be rich no matter what happens. And <laughs> I was never like a, you know, super, I have to be rich someday, but I was always like, well, that would be weird. You know, if, if this progressed with this girl and I ended up marrying somebody who was just like trying to sabotage you financially because she was so against, you know, um, I guess she had a bad experience. She had some rich neighbors or something like that, where she just thought that, yeah. you know, money was the the source of all evil. And, and so, uh, yeah, it could be the other way around too, where, where you feel bad of having more than somebody else. And, um, and, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I I thought it was interesting that they brought up the study with this, with this saying, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, it, it, they, they mentioned it in, in, in conjunction with the, the first line, whereas you're kind of throwing the gift at the giver's head. Yeah. Right. Don't throw the gift at the giver's head, but to reject a gift because it's not equal or isn't equal to everybody is kind of throwing the gift back. Right. Yeah. It's that's, that's one, that's a strange one to me that, that people have that, that impulse to, um, reject a gift, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I, I appreciate that it's, it's cultural for a lot of places, or at least to, to, um, formally you know, reject the gift, you know, X number of times before then accepting it. And everyone knows that you're going to re-offer. And so the gift will be given, but there's the, the formula of the, the humility of, of rejecting it and stuff. But, but some people like, will straight up reject a gift. will reject, um, <clears throat> you know, like parents help or things like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you got parents refusing to <laughs> refusing to help children for for uh, good reasons or bad. But yeah, like re- just the idea of rejecting gift is, is strange to me. Have you like what's what's your uh, relationship with that? Is that strange to you too, or do you understand it a little better? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's interesting that you brought up that uh, you know the, the different cultures. I hadn't thought about that, but you're hundred percent right. There's some cultures that's kind of that way, but. But uh, yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of egalitarianism. And and, and that's an interesting topic because um, there's some of it, I think, in every culture. There's some, our, our society's view on equality 
is is important because it drives a lot. And I mean, even our founding documents said that we believe all men are created equal. And while you know, I, I believe that, that people should be treated equally under the law, you know, justice should be blind, there should be no special treatment for this group or that group or this person or that yeah. person. I, I think if we're brutally, totally honest with ourselves, obviously people aren't people aren't equal. Um, you know, people are some everyone's different and you can't have different right. and also exactly the same in everything. It's just not it's just not realistic. So I think um, you know, having a mature view of the world is gonna require some necessary acceptance of uh, inequality is just kind of natural and some people are going to have more and some people are going to have a little less and uh it's noble to try to help those who are less fortunate but uh flat out rejecting something because you think someone else is getting too much that seems like uh i don't know that seems like the critic the, the classic criticism of of the communist system right is is everyone is equally poor <laughs> you know you don't want people to be unequally rich so let's make everybody equally poor and yeah. uh and so that's that's uh obviously not in my opinion that's not the that's not the correct way to go about it, it but rather to to accept that there's going to be some differences and and uh, take what you can get you know uh i think the saying puts it well half a loaf is better than no bread it's better to have a piece of candy even if someone else is getting more than you yeah. Um, and, and that like, there's, there's a lot of, of life to enjoy, even if you, uh, don't have, don't have the full loaf, right? Like think of my recent trip, um, you know, going to any big city, like a big, a big part of the experience is you, there's parts of the city that are just, you know, the luxury parts, the, the, ostentatious displays of wealth, you know, and that's sure. That would be really nice. Right. That'd be really nice to stay in the really nice hotel and drive the nice car and, and eat at the, the best restaurants and stuff. But, um, but there's a lot of pleasure in, in life outside of that. If that's not required to have a happy life, that's not required to, to have joy. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I, still had, you know, I had, a, I had a great trip and, and I have was much, I'm still much more fortunate than a lot of other people, um, at being able to go in the first place. Uh, yeah. and it's, um, and even just, just, uh, in, in your hometown, in your, in your neighborhood, there's a lot of, there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of great things that if you're too busy walk, looking at, at the neighbor's car driving by, you might miss the, the butterfly that flows, <laughs> floats by, <Yeah. laughs> you know, God's beauty just right there for you. Yeah. Yeah. We were, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that cause we were just, just today, we took a, a walk with my family and there was this gorgeous rainbow. I mean, just perfect. The most perfect. Mm-hmm. You could see every single color, you know, red, orange, yeah. yellow, green, all of them perfectly. And it was just this perfect art arch, you know, from one side to the other. And, and man, it was just a great day. We went on a little nature walk and went out in the, just in the field behind my house. And, you know, I don't have everything. I, I, if I don't drive the car that I would drive, if I could snap my fingers and drive any car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's things all around. And, and I think the concept of this, of half a loaf is better than no bread is kind of, there's an impl- implication built in there that, you know, that there's something more than half a loaf, right? You're aware yep. that there's something called this full loaf out here and you're mad that all you got was half a loaf because you're dreaming yeah. or or you know envying or lusting after this other thing. You want more. 
and you're not happy with what you got because you're thinking about something else. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and you know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, it's harder, it's much harder to know that it's much harder to have tasted something and then have to take a step back as a, as opposed to, you know, maybe we'll, we'll talk about this, you know, ignorance is bliss, you know, yeah, <laughs> later a little bit, yeah. as a different one. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's true in, in a lot of regards that, um, if you, uh, if you know what you're missing, it's a lot harder. If you know what else is out there, it's, it's harder to, to keep the right mindset about things and be, keep the gratitude and, and the humility and ditch the envy. Yeah. I remember, I don't remember who was saying this, but someone was asking one time, would you rather be the wealthiest guy in your neighborhood or the poorest guy in your neighborhood? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there, there's, I don't know, there's pros and cons both, both ways. Uh, my mom told me that my grandpa growing up always thought you, you should be the the lowest income guy in the neighborhood. You should get into the, the nicest neighborhood you can afford. Cause uh-huh. I don't know, maybe it would inspire you to, to work harder or do whatever. I don't know. Um, but she said, she's like, Oh, it's terrible. Everyone had nicer stuff than we did. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the right way to do it or not, but I just, that, that popped in my head as you were talking about that is, is uh, you know, what, what you see around you can affect you if you allow it to. Yeah. Um, now I have the neighbors who live across the street from me. They, they probably have more money than I do. They just bought like a third car. I'm not even sure why they just, cause they could, you know, it was a nice car, brand new one. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, I could have been mad about that, you know, about their new Cadillac or whatever they have. Um, or I could enjoy the rainbow with my kids. Yeah. And so fortunately I had a good day, you know? And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's always, there's always something there's always, and once you have the full loaf, there's also, there's a second loaf and a third loaf, you know, there's always more there's, it just never ends. So if you allow yourself to f- go down that path of, of not being happy with what you have, um, then I think that you can lead to some, you can lead yourself to some misery. Absolutely. Um, I did have a, I did have a thought about this though. I wanted to yeah. uh, ask you about, okay. So how would we balance this though with, you know, the virtue of aspiring to more, wanting to grow, having ambition? How can mm-hmm. we balance having a good ambition being like, you know what? I want to get more out of my life. I want to work harder. I want to achieve more yeah. with being content with what you have. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It does seem paradoxical sometimes. Um, you know, with this one, presumably that half a loaf is filling your belly, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. presumably that's, it's, it's meeting your needs. And so when you're, when you're thinking of, of next steps, um, you know, it's thinking maybe trying to, trying to frame things more outwardly perhaps is, is the way to do it. Um, you know, I've got what I, I've got what I need for me, you know, so, so additional, what am I doing? You know, you can start thinking generationally, you know, like this, the, the icing on the cake here now is what can I do to make my kids' lives better? Um, my grandkids' lives better, uh, my, my community, uh, organizations that are important to me. How can I, how can I benefit other people with, with this additional, um, wealth that I think, but that comes from if, if you're 
thinking about it like building your skills or things like that, that's like a natural outpouring of of improving yourself yeah. skills-wise or network-wise. Um, and so it's um, just, I guess, trying to be conscious of, you know, my needs are met. I'm, I'm comfortable now. What What's, how do I expand my, my circle here instead of just how do I fill, get a bigger house to fill up with more stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I like that, that point. Um, as I was doing some research on this, I also found something that I wanted to read if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I found this letter and it's from Thomas Jefferson and he was writing it to James Madison. This is March of 1789. So this is the years in between when the constitution was ratified and before the bill of rights was, was enacted. Okay. So the bill of rights was the first 10 amendments to the constitution, right? So they, they changed the constitution. An amendment is a change, right? So they changed the constitution 10 times and they were trying to hammer out what was going to be in these, these amendments. Okay. And he, and Jefferson uses this phrase. He says, um, a positive declaration of some essential rights could not be obtained in the requisite latitude. Uh, and that was the crit- criticism. He's answering many of the criticisms that Madison had to James Madison. Mm-hmm. And Madison said, look, you haven't had a positive declaration of some essential rights. Like there's basically, he's saying there's some rights missing out of the 10, uh, the bill of rights. Yeah. And Jefferson just answered half a loaf is better than no bread. If hmm. we cannot secure all our rights, let us secure what we can. Yeah. So this has it kind of, kind of from a little bit of another angle. Uh, we've been kind of talking mostly from, you know, gratitude and, and being thankful for what you have. He's taking it as look, make the progress you can, even if it's yeah. not everything you wanted, just take what you, what you can get and then worry about the rest at another time. Don't give up making progress because it's not all the progress you want. I think it sounds, yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, that that's great. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that angle. Um, but that's, that's good encouragement for, for these times, these trying times we're in, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, um, that's great. Yeah. Thinking just whether it's your household finances and trying to fend off inflation or, mm-hmm. you know, the, if you're concerned about social change, like, yeah, it's just, don't give up. <laughs> just And, and I'm just, glad that, yeah, I'm glad that Jefferson did. I mean, if imagine if he'd have given up and we had fewer than the 10, you know, in the bill of rights because he couldn't secure some or we didn't have any. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. well, it's not perfect. So I'm, I'm out, you know, and this, yeah, is we're not right. going to do any of them because we can't get all of them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that we have the ones that we have. Um, and, and so uh, kind of along that line, uh, I think this goes a, a little bit towards, towards perfectionism mm-hmm. where people will get so hung up on having to do things just right that they won't do it at all. That's very yeah. common nowadays. I think, in fact, I think that maybe, you know, we always talk about in this podcast, the gods of the, of the marketplace, which is the, the, the antithesis, antithesis of the gods of the copybook headings, right. In this, in Kipling's poem. And part of that may be this desire to always be perfect. The, this, um, you know, the social media society where everything has to be beautiful and everything has to be perfect or else don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's explore, let's explore some, some avenues there with the, the antithesis here. So that's, that's a, that's a great first one to bring up. Um, mm-hmm that we're just inundated with the best parts of people's lives. Right. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> we don't see the boring stuff because no one cares about the boring stuff. We don't see the bad stuff um, for the most part, uh, unless, uh, yeah. And so we just we just see the we see what people. I mean, we see what people want us to see about their yeah. lives. So, um, so it's definitely I, a skewed a skewed view. Yeah, I, and I know from my perspective. I mean, the most the biggest example that I thought of is when you and I were starting this project. Um, it's hard to get your first ones up. You know, it's hard to <laughs> do something. We didn't know what we we're doing. It's trying to figure out, but, but, uh, I think we both understood from the beginning, it, we got to just make some progress, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it, it speaks to that, this, the saying that a half a loaf is better than no better. It's better to get up a, 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 a mediocre podcast episode than no podcast episode. It's better to do yeah. something and make some progress and let that momentum carry you forward. Yeah. And I guess, and that's the, that's the, the key part is to let, let it carry you forward and to, to not just bail, you know, you, you need the reps, you need to get the reps in. Right. Um, and so with something like podcasting, you just kind of got to put the episodes out there and, um, and, and hope your, your audience is along for the ride the way you are. You know, there's other things where it's, you're not as public in your, in your practice, you know, cause you know, that's, basically what this is it's early early episodes are kind of practice we're kind of getting getting a hang of things um there's other aspects in life where you don't have to to put things out there like if you're an aspiring artist or author you don't necessarily have to put things out there but then again getting the feedback is how you is how you learn and so you kind of need to share it with someone um you know a a teacher in most cases or Mm -hmm. someone who knows what they're doing uh, yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, the saying isn't half a loaf is better than one loaf. And the, the saying isn't half a loaf is better than two or, or whatever. So there's nothing wrong with going for more and aspiring for more yeah. and working, working towards something greater. I think that, uh, improvement is, is, uh, essential towards happiness. You have to be you know, moving towards something, moving towards a goal. I think that's just kind of built into us somehow where if you're just stagnant, you're probably not going to be happy. So there's nothing wrong with aspiring to, to more, more, more than what you got. Um, but, uh, what it says is it's better than, it's better than nothing. It's better than if your alternative is take what you can get or make some progress, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not whole or complete the way you want it to do it, get it, Yeah. you know, achieve it. Even if it's halfway done, you know, get something done, even if it's halfway done. And then, uh, and that's better than saying, forget it. I'm not doing it at all. Yeah. So, so where's the, uh, where's the line with, um, putting out, putting out garbage and just letting, <laughs> putting out lots of garbage over and over again and, uh, kind of coasting, I guess. There we go. Coasting. Yeah. Um, where, you know, what, what do you think there? Like, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I don't think it's terrible to put out garbage your first time. I, I really don't. I think it's uh, so many people don't do anything. It's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's better to put out something, even if you think it's really not very good. Uh, the key is don't continue to put out garbage and try to make it a little bit better this time than last time. If your first painting of a, you know, you're trying to paint a lake with some trees and people can't even tell what it is like, that's okay. Like, but yeah. next time, hopefully they can tell, oh, that is that supposed to be a lake? Maybe I can kind of see it. And then, and then by, by their, <laughs> you know, 50th iteration, they're like, wow, that's actually pretty good. And so the, the, the key is improvement, I think there. And, uh, 
and but it it's it's difficult when you're starting in a new venture because i mean there's some ego in it right you don't want to be nobody wants to put out trash nobody wants to put out something that's not quality and and uh but like you said until you've gotten in those reps it's it's uh it's difficult um you know i'm i i i like to do uh jujitsu and uh man it was those first few months ask anyone who's ever done it it's just it's rough because yeah you're just getting your butt kicked every day and uh, you think you're getting something and you don't. And it's really just going in and putting in the work and grinding and, and you're getting, you're getting just smashed into the ground every day. And so uh, that's a, uh, that's a very physical, very real. And I think that's one, one of the reasons that's that sport has been so popular is because it's uh it gives people that, that, uh, that feedback where they have to, you have to improve or else yeah. you're just going to keep getting beat up but there's a lot of aspects in life that are, that are that way. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts on that part. Okay. Um, let's see. Are there other aspects of this that are kind of inverted in society? Um, so I guess there's the aspect of if, if you can't do it perfectly, just kind of don't try. Yeah. I think that there's, there's, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a human impulse. Sure. Uh, broad, more broadly speaking, um, There's the egalitarian side, right? If, uh, yeah. if so-and-so has more or if you can't get everything, then that's not good enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there's definitely that there's the, 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 you know, the pathologized ingratitude, I guess, like the, the keeping up with the Joneses stuff and, mm -hmm. um, the envy, um, I guess what what do you think about the aspect of um I mean we're both we're both religious men like mm -hmm. having having gratitude to God for what you've got do you think that's an important um aspect in in staying grateful for what you have or do you think it can be achieved otherwise like keep keeping an eye on on that type of thing Yeah well as a religious person, I obviously find value in religion. And I think that it's, it's easier to, to do those things through, through a, a religious lens. Uh, I think it's easier to have gratitude when you, when you have a, the concept of a creator. Sure. Uh, but is it, is it impossible to otherwise? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think there's other ways to be grateful, even if you're not, not a religious person, but, um, but understanding that, uh, I mean, you have to look at both sides of it. I mean, you have to understand uh, that even if you don't have the full loaf, it, it really, what you have really is better than, than what maybe some other people have, have had. Yeah. And if you look, especially from a historical perspective, how much we have now that I don't know how you can come away with any kind of study of history and not be grateful for the times we live in now, even with all the problems we have. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the, the history of mankind has been one of starvation and warfare and horror <laughs> quite often, yeah. quite, quite often, uh, not all the time, but quite often. And so, uh, uh, it, this peaceful life that we live in, in our suburbs is, is a blip and it's kind of an, an anomaly. And, uh, so we should be, we should be grateful for that. Even if there's, even if there's problems. Well said. Um, okay. Well, we're, we're coming up on the end. That, that went quick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, we could talk about this some more, probably, but, uh, but yeah, that's, well, there's, there's, I think there's going to be a few more that we might run into that are kind of overlap. So 
Yeah. Maybe we uh, we'll save it for those. Yeah, I think so too. Let's 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 explore this a little more with a different one, maybe. All right. Well, th- well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope we you enjoyed this discussion as we did. And remember, uh, half a loaf is better than no bread. So uh, remember that going forward. And thanks again for watching. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Thanks. See you next time. There are only four things certain since social progress began: that the dog returns to his vomit, that the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copy will hideous, with terror and slaughter return.